Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Happy Sunday. Hope you all have a great, uh, hope you all had a great weekend of sports because it was fun to follow sports across the entire weekend. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week on tonight's episode. But welcome. We have a lot to talk about. Tonight, we will discuss the top offensive line need for the Cowboys, the top need across the entire team, which is offensive line. And we'll talk about some realistic targets that the Cowboys could really target before the NFL draft in free agency and try to, you know, fill as many holes as they can before 28th of April. The 28th of April comes around. We'll talk about how the NFL draft and the offensive tackle class plays into this as well. And we'll close out this show discussing the best thing in sports so far. Uh, let's see. Shout out to the YouTube chat. Burner account saying, glad that we cleared all of the cap space for Null. Well done, Stephen Jones. Uh, thank you to Toxic for the comment and the donation, of course. Hey, the Cowboys did sign Ryan Null, uh, running back who has nine carries in three seasons in the NFL. If, if he finds a role within the Cowboys, it would likely be as a special teamer because the games, the few games that he has played in the NFL, he has taken a lot of special team snaps. I know it's not the news Cowboys fans wanted to hear over the weekend, but that's what happened. Uh, what was it? On Friday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. So much cap space left, just like they like it since Bruce got the use. Well, tonight we will discuss some free agents. And there's one in specific that I'm really looking forward to them signing. Uh, I don't know if they really would, but I, I think that he would provide real value for the Cowboys at a price that I believe even them would be willing to accept. So we'll talk more about that in a few moments. But before we get into those targets, let's review what the Cowboys offensive line looks like. Who is on the roster? Who is no longer on the roster? And what is the actual depth of each and every one of these positions? We know that left guard for the Cowboys might be the biggest need heading into the NFL draft. That's why we've spent months talking about Kenyon Green from Texas A&M and Zion Johnson from Boston College, who both could very well be on the board when the Cowboys are on the clock with the 24th overall pick. That's why we've been discussing them so much, because it's one of the real needs of the Dallas Cowboys. But could they maybe sign a free agent that helps them out before the NFL draft. Maybe think of it as an insurance policy. Or if they like the wide receivers, which we kind of are assuming that they do because they had three first-round wide receivers visit the star. We could think that, hey, if they want a wide receiver, don't go into the NFL draft without a backup plan at left guard. Because if you don't draft... Kenyon Green or Sion Johnson, we know there could be some day two options, but they wouldn't be that great. So let's review what the Cowboys offensive line looks like. 
And the names that we have in yellow are the ones that we are projecting as starters. So Tyron Smith over at left tackle, Tyler Vyadish at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and Terence Steele over on the right tackle side of things. Now, I decided not to paint uh, McGovern's name in yellow at left guard because we're kind of expecting someone to take over before the 2022 NFL season, be it a draft pick or a free agent that the Cowboys would later add. Depth for the tackle position. You would have Josh Ball, who was drafted last year in the fourth round, and kind of a big question mark because we did not hear a lot from him last year. He was dealing with some injuries and all of that. There is Matt Farniak, seven-round draft pick for the Cowboys, who has some position flex between guard and center. Isaac Alarcón, who, was, who has been on the practice squad for the Cowboys on back-to-back -back years as an international player pathway prospect. But we don't know if this season, without the benefit of the international player tag, will he remain in Dallas or not? One of the biggest uh, training camp storylines to follow, in my opinion. Braylon Jones over at center. I don't think there's big expectations for him, but here's, he's on the roster. And then you have a Collins over at the right tackle side of things. But that's not Lyle Collins. That is Aviante Collins, who is also a depth player for the Cowboys. My question from me to you guys is, how would you grade the Cowboys offensive line depth? And I see your comment, Griff. And believe me, we will talk about him tonight. Uh, that, that is a good free agent target that you are bringing up in the YouTube chat. Juan Fernandez says Tyron Smith isn't dependable, always injured, which is the reason why we're also concerned about the depth across the entire offensive line and not only about finding a starting left guard. I agree with, uh, I agree with Juan. That is a concern for the Cowboys right now. So, how would you grade the Cowboys' offensive line depth? Looking forward to your answers, and I will give you mine right after I talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because it's a new week here on Primetime. That means new ride of the week. And tonight, we'll talk about the 2022 Mazda CX-9 Touring. It starts at $39,050. It's got Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, whichever you prefer, third row sitting, adaptive cruise control, an all-wheel drive, and it's got an amazing feature that's rain-sensing wipers. You can check out the Mazda CX-9 along with its premium prices that are available. There's this carbon amazing model that you can check out on the website. So go to freemanmazda.net and check out the newest Mazda models over there. So let's look at some of your answers on the grades of the Cowboys offensive line depth. Michael goes with C minus. Samuel Rowe goes with C. Burner says D, which is the lowest answer we've gotten so far. Charlene Evans with a D plus, C minus. We could maybe settle for C as the average uh, answer so far. Ryan Doyle putting it on numerical terms. Negative two, I only have confidence in Zach Martin. D, C minus, D minus. So, you know, we're more or less in the C world. My answer is C plus. The reason why I go with C plus, it's because, well, I put some weight uh, on the, oh, 
on the starting offensive lineman for the Cowboys. You know, Tyron Smith, Saka Martin, Terrence Steele, at least you're not worried a lot about that side of things. When healthy, of course. Biadish, however, a question mark. And I don't know that the Cowboys have a lot of answers if one of the offensive tackles uh, gets injured. So I will go with C plus for the answer. I would go with an even lower score if it wasn't for Josh Ball. I think a lot of people are expecting Josh Ball to be an even, uh, even bigger deal than maybe we're expecting him to. We know that he dropped in the NFL draft in part because of off-the-field issues. But on the field, he has a lot of upside. So we might be overlooking him. I still believe that the Cowboys need to address the position. And I'm talking about all of the offensive line. They need to get some depth at tackle, some depth at guard, and maybe some more options at center if they want to have that flexibility, right? Steve Miller went with the high A. That, that's a high answer, but I respect it. Joey Bella goes with uh, C minus. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I don't know you, I don't know how you are that high. My answer was C plus with everybody on the list basically not having played a single down. And that is definitely fair. Now, here are some, let's look at three free agents that I would look at for the Cowboys. Here's my main concern. And I've said this before on the show. Before you look at the free agents that, that we'll discuss, and before you think, come on, those guys are not going to solve any issues in Dallas, keep this in mind. The Cowboys have no offensive guard on the left side right now. Sure, there's Connor McGovern, but they don't have a guy at the position. The Cowboys would be way better right now with Connor Williams on the roster because at least you would have a, a starter for the position. And I know we're done with the holding penalties and all of that, but the Cowboys would be on a better spot with him on the roster. So that's important because we're not going to talk about top-tier guys that the Cowboys could trade for and maybe get a all-pro, pro-bowler caliber kind of guard. We're going to talk about players that can come in and be competent starters for Dallas on a relatively cheap deal because that's the MO of Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to go get a big-name guy. So let's look at three free agents that we need to discuss. And number one on the list I had to include but it's not really that super realistic option. And that's offensive center, J.C. Threader. Now, two important notes. Number one, obviously, he's not a guard. If you sign J.C. Threader, that's because you want to get a massive upgrade over Tyler Biadish. Nothing against uh, Biadish himself, but Threader is simply better, right? He's played a lot of seasons in the NFL. He's been an elite pass blocker over the past four to five years. He's got the experience. He's a player leader. He's not going to struggle finding his place within the locker room. He's the president of the NFLPA. J.C. Treader, released by the Cleveland Browns and still available in free agency. He's over 30 years old. Maybe you could get him, and, and Skywalker and Steele and I discussed it last Thursday. Maybe you can get him on something like 
a three-year deal averaging close to $10 million, but not necessarily $10 million. You can get him on a three-year deal that is really a two-year commitment in terms of guarantees. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to do it. That's the, num the number two note. I don't think the Cowboys would do it because, again, they're not known for targeting big names in free agency. And although maybe he will not sign as the highest paid center in the league, JC Thur is gonna is gonna get paid, I believe, for whichever team uh, by whichever team gets his services. But there is a couple of other guards that I would look at. Let's talk about Eric Flowers. I think a lot of fans will have uh, Craig's reaction, which is I am out on Flowers, and I understand why. I have been out on Flowers before. We've seen him up close in the NFC East struggle, not with one, but with two teams, the Giants and Washington. And we've seen him struggle. But also, we've seen him be a legit, uh, an actual starter in the NFL. Last year, he played every game for Washington and he finished with the 10th best PFF pass blocking grade in the league among guards. He has given up some sacks. That is true. But also that's because part, that, that's part of Taylor Heineke's game, right? But Eric Flowers, we go back to the note that I offered before looking at the targets. I have been out on Flowers before. What has changed since then? The fact that the Cowboys have no left guard at the moment. So I, I know the preconceived notions that we have about Eric Flowers. I also believe that, the, that Cowboys uh, fans and NFL fans look at him sort of like with the J.D. Clowney effect. And that's just a term that I coined uh, just now, which is J.D. Clowney came into the league as a number one overall pick. He was known as a major threat in South Carolina. We were expecting him to be the next big thing in the NFL, and he wasn't. He wasn't what we wanted Jada Von Clowney to be coming out of the 2014 NFL draft. However, he's a pretty good pass rusher today. He's a very complete defender, even if he's not what we expected him to be. I'm not saying that Eric Flowers is very good or good, but I'm saying... He is a starter. He might be average, but he's a starter in the NFL. The Cowboys do not have that right now on the roster. And you might, you might still target an offensive guard at the 24th, but now you're not forced to do so if a wide receiver that you like better is there. Or if Devin Lloyd falls to 24th. Or if we're being super optimistic, if Derek Stingley drops to 24th. So I would definitely look at uh, Eric Flowers as well. But let's talk about my favorite option, and that is Daryl Williams, guard slash tackle from the Buffalo Bills. He has played four of the five offensive line positions in his career in the NFL. In 2021, let's look at his snap count from 2021. At right guard, he had 600 snaps and allowed 17 pressures. At right tackle, he had 571 snaps. These are pass blocking snaps, uh, 23 pressures. So, 
listen, guys. Daryl Williams, capable offensive lineman. He can start. He might not be the best. He might have been playing on the right side in the past few years. But I can see him play him at left guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Why did the Bills, and by the way, I think, I think those are not pass blocking snaps, really. I think I left out that, um, I think I miswrote that. I, I think those are total snaps at each position. My bad on that. But those are the pressures that he allowed on each position. He started at right tackle last year, had to move inside. He was struggling a little bit as, as a tackle, but he didn't really struggle as a guard. He was an average to above average starter for the Bills. However, it made sense for them to move on from Daryl Williams. His cap hit in 2021 was $6 million, which is definitely reasonable for an offensive guard. In 2022, that number went up to $10 million. 25th among tackles in the league, so that would make a lot of sense, but 6th among guards. So you can see why the Bills went, you know what, this maybe doesn't make a lot of sense to me right now, but if the Cowboys target him as a guard, you can get him on a relatively cheap price. I don't think he's going to get paid on the double-digit side of things. I think he can sign for maybe five, six million dollars per year and you can get him on a relatively short deal. You don't have to sign him for a long-term extension. So I think Daryl Williams, pretty doable for the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the best thing. He can play tackle and he can play on, the, on both sides of the, of the offensive line. My question for me to you guys is, do you, uh, do you agree or disagree that the Cowboys should sign, be it Daryl Williams or Eric Flowers, before the NFL draft? While you give me your answers, I'm going to say some more stuff about Daryl Williams. You don't have a sure-fire starter at right tackle because even with Terrence Steele, there is a question mark there. There's a question mark in the fact that we have not seen an entire season of him. I don't, I'm not doubting Steele right now. I, I think that he should be the guy that we've seen in 2021. But you can have some question marks there in the long term specifically. And he's playing on a contract year, so even more so. On the left side, you know that Tyron Smith might not be healthy for 16 games. And sure, you have some swing tackle potential in Josh Ball, but he's another player that we have not seen at all. As Brunner accounts it earlier on the show, he has not played a single down in the NFL. Now, Roman says, rather draft a guard. That is fair, but here's my point. If you can, and, and this all depends on what the market looks like for Daryl Williams, but if you can get Williams on a deal that doesn't, really include a lot of guarantees you can do both you can sign Daryl Williams and then hope for the best and hope that there is a guy in the first round uh, and if Kenyon Green is the best player available take him or Zion Johnson or even in the second guard in the second round but don't force yourself into a position in which you are on the clock with the 24th pick you like a receiver better than you like an offensive guard and you take the guard just because 
you urgently need one. So I'm all for picking up a guard before the NFL draft. And I think Daryl Williams looks like the best possibility right now. He's the best offensive lineman available at this point in free agency. But I don't think that means he's going to get over $10 million or something like that. I wouldn't expect that at all. I think it's going to be closer to five. Gregory agrees. Uh, Beta says, agree for Williams. Joey also agrees with Williams. Uh, however, in the chat, I would point out that people are agreeing specifically for uh, Daryl Williams. People do not like the Eric Flowers, uh, the Eric Flowers, oh, the, the Eric Flowers, excuse me, just finding out the breaking news that we've gotten uh, here that I'm seeing in the chat and confirming on Twitter. Let me get to that in a moment. So I will read the tweet from uh, Michael Gelkin for those of you who are not actively reading the chat. Damn, that's, that's tough, man. That is tough. Former Cowboys running backs Gary Brown passed away today in Pennsylvania following latest battle with cancer. F cancer, man. He was 52 just as he lived. Brown fought with an incredible spirit. He spent seven seasons in Dallas, including the first four of Ezekiel Elliott's NFL career. Man, that's tough. I'm just finding this out here live on the show. Man, rest in peace, Gary Brown, as people are saying in the chat. We've gotten a couple of reminders now of, you know, getting close to our family members, giving them a hug, telling them that, we love them and all of that uh, because, you know, what happened on Saturday with Dwayne Haskins, that also was such a shock to find out. And it's that reminder that as cliche as it sounds, life is indeed too short. The Margaret Morey tweeted out, great father, husband, coach, and mentor. Appreciate you and your family more than anything, Gary Brown. Thank you for teaching me the way on the field and in life. Of course, uh, former Oilers running back. Ah, that's tough to find out, man. Uh, Danny says, who is Gary Brown? Is the running back coach for the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. Running backs coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Rest in peace. Uh, Michael Gelkin tweeting out that it's because of his latest battle with cancer. Ah, uh, that's sad news to hear, as Ryan Doyle says. Uh, class act of a person and a coach. You hate to find this out. That's a tough loss for sure. And tough to find out here. Hey, right, rest in peace, Gary Brown. And for those of you listening, if you guys have had some, you know, close encounters with cancer, I know that I, uh, in my family, that's been a, that's been something that I've had to, to, to deal with. Not as in with me, of course. Uh, but man, it's tough. It's tough. So F cancer, as Bruce is saying in the chat, healing thoughts and prayers to his family, says Amanda Brown. And I'm sure that a lot of people are thinking of similar sentiments. But yeah, man, just get close to your family. Give them a hug. Tell them that you love them, uh, your loved ones, because life is indeed too short. And so far this weekend, we've gotten two reminders of that in, this, in the NFL world, of course. It sucks.
Thoughts with Gary Brown's family here on ADC Sports Dallas. We will move on with the show as tough as it may be. Uh, we will move on. We'll continue to talk some Cowboys football. But our thoughts, of course, are with uh, Gary Brown's family and loved ones. Some tough news. We were talking about Daryl Williams and the offensive lineman. I would target uh, Daryl Williams. That's a free agent that I like a lot. Again, the, the fact that he's played across the entire offensive line would give the Cowboys a starter, number one. And number two, it would give them a swing tackle, which seems to be a need for Dallas. Think about it. In 2021, while Lyle Collins was starting at right tackle, Darren Steele was becoming the swing tackle. And even then, he wasn't that good in that role because, sure, he was killing it as the backup right tackle. When, when he was asked to play on the left side, not as much. He struggled a little bit on that side of the ball. There are some reasons why some guys cannot play on both sides. Uh, some of that is mentality. Some of that is just the mechanics to which you are used to especially with more veteran guys. Uh, that's even more rare to find, which is unique about Daryl Williams. I would look at him as a legit option. Uh, Josh Ball would also be, maybe be fighting to be the swing tackle of the Dallas Cowboys. But at the very least, you, you would have that battle going on between a second-year player that has not seen the NFL field and another guy that also provides value as the starting left guard of the team if you were to sign him and not draft a an offensive guard early in the NFL draft. Daryl Williams, realistic free agent target that I would look at if I were the Dallas Cowboys. And I honestly think, as opposed to many other offensive uh, linemen, free agents that are out there, I believe him to be a realistic target for Dallas because I think that his value will not have the Cowboys saying that he's priced out. For them, I think you can get him for a very reasonable number. Now, you got to ask yourself and you got to be aware that maybe Daryl Williams himself is waiting the NFL draft out. Maybe he's waiting to see which NFL teams are more desperate for an offensive lineman, specifically because he knows that he can play tackle. And this is where the NFL draft comes into the conversation. Dane Brugler published The Beast recently. The 2022 NFL Draft Guide. The Athletics Lead NFL Draft Analyst. We await as draft junkies. We await that guide every single year. And I was surprised by how thin the offensive tackle class is in his eyes. In the top 100, he only included nine offensive tackles. And three of them are in the top seven overall. So that kind of means that if you're aiming to, to draft an offensive tackle in the NFL draft, you are likely going to be in somewhat of a tough spot, specifically because three of the nine that are in the top 100 could go very early to teams that are well positioned to draft them. The Cowboys are not one of those teams, for example. And of course, the Cowboys do not need a tackle to start. They need a guard or a tackle to develop for life after Tyron Smith in Dallas. So that definitely plays a role. And maybe you can see why Daryl Williams 
could be waiting until after the NFL draft to gain some leverage in the negotiations and maybe take that risk. Now, something that I need to mention about Daryl Williams, he has ideal size. He's physical. He's not the most agile of offensive tackles, but he has 35-inch arms, which is ideal in the NFL. And he will move people on the offensive line. The Buffalo Bills pass the ball a lot, and you look at his pass blocking grades, and they're pretty decent. You're not getting one of the best tackles in the league, uh, offensive lineman in the league, excuse me. You're getting someone who can start right away. Why not all three just in case, says Michael. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> I don't think I would be pleased with one, Michael. Let's not, you know, my, my mom used to tell me when we were watching baseball, still does sometimes, bases are loaded and I was asking for the Grand Slam, right? I was rooting for the Grand Slam. And she went like, you know what? Just ask for a single. That's enough. Let's get the lead. Uh, don't ask for too much because you might not get it, right? That, that, that was my mom's take when the bases were loaded uh, watching baseball. It still is. That will be my advice to you. Let's just ask for one of these guys. Let's, let's not ask for all three of them. Let's ask for at least one of them. And maybe we get them. <laughs> maybe we, we, we get one of these free agents. Uh, Gregory says, I like Treader. He is more predictable. Oh, make no mistake about it. J.C. Treader is the best offensive lineman out there. I'm not including him a lot in the conversation because I don't see the Cowboys making that big move. I would be shocked if they do it. Hey, what is up, Angel Ortiz? Apparently listening from Colombia. Uh, thank you to thank you for tuning in. Eight lanes traffic. Uh, oh, I don't know if that was about Dwayne Haskins thing. I really don't know what happened there. But that, hey, that's just a tragic, tragic uh, incident as well. Burner account says, man, I feel like this year is going to be rough. Do not like where this team is, especially where it was uh, three months ago. Um, you know, I'm getting my optimism back. I still don't like a lot of moves that the Cowboys have made. I don't like letting go of Murray Cooper. Uh, I don't like moving on from Lyle Collins. But, you know, as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, my optimism is somehow, some way coming back. I'm thinking, you know what? CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, still a very good duo of wide receivers, still a good defense. They're still in the NFC East the last time that I checked. Ten and a half. Uh, ten and a half wins is the, what the market projects for the Dallas Cowboys, which is a better number at this point of the year than the Cowboys had last season. The Cowboys were at nine and a half in the markets. Now, I know that the markets are not always right, but what I'm, the point that I'm trying to get across is this should still be a winning football team, and the Cowboys could very well break the spell that has taken over the NFC East in which you don't get back-to-back -back division champions. It's starting to feel like this is the year that that is going to happen. Uh, so at least I can have that optimism. You know what? I'm not going to think a lot about the playoffs yet. Let's just stay on that positive note that we believe the Cowboys are going to have a winning season. Maybe someone disagrees, though. 
John Stanley says, bless you and your mom, ADC. Enjoy. Uh, I enjoy. Uh, thank you to John. Thank you for tuning in to Primetime every day. Flowers plus Linderbaum. So Samuel would be nice. Man, I, I dream of Tyler Linderbaum. I absolutely dream about it, especially now that he was not included in the pre-draft visitor list. Feels even more unlikely because, yeah, it could be a smokescreen, but it also could be what it's been for a long time in which the Cowboys usually draft a pre-draft visitor. But I would love to see Tyler Linderbaum in Dallas. He would not have the size. He would not have the measurables that the front office usually likes. But, man, I, I expect him to be a super, super uh, good player in, in the NFL, even without the measurables. What is up, Lunatic says? As Sky says, no Skittles and rainbows here, only realists. Yeah. James says, we need a better offensive coordinator. It's not going to happen. He, he does not have enough experience, and he is too predictable, says James. Hey, I'm still holding out hope for Kellen Moore. I know that we're talking about being realists and all of that, but there are still some things to like about Kellen Moore. And since we know it's not going to change, I, I kind of felt like we need to discuss some of the positives as well. And I pointed towards play design. Roman says, thoughts on the Arkansas wide receiver. I talked about this more in depth on Wednesday night, if you want to check that out. But every day that it goes by, I start to like Traylon Burks more and more. Uh, more than anything because of what he would mean in Dallas. I, the way to sum it up and to sum up the entire Wednesday night show to not make you go back and listen to it is I see Michael Gallup as your traditional X receiver, which is a trend that we are starting to see again in the NFL because teams are playing from the top down on defense. They're daring offenses to go over the top. And Nate Tice talked about this on the Athletic Football Show. He said that means that the X receiver is going to be, again, the new trend in the NFL. And I think that Michael Gallup gives you that in Dallas. And I also believe that CeeDee Lamb is going to be the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys. And he's going to be doing most of that from the slot. And I believe Traylon Burks can be a little bit of both. So if you can have that pick and choose matchup week after week with two guys that are the following trends in the league and a rookie that can do a little bit of both, this could be a dangerous wide receiver unit. So I'm starting to like Traylon Brooks more and more. Now the concerns are fair. Uh, there's a lot of projection involved with Traylon Brooks. We do not know for sure what are his limits. We know that he needs to run better routes, for example. He needs to be more consistent. But we also do not know how long it's going to take him to reach that level. So I understand the concerns, but I would be pretty happy with Traylon Burks at 24 to sum up my feelings on, on Burks. Lunatic says, Burks at 24 and we have a riot, in my opinion. Burks in a trade down better. I'm all for Traylon Burks at 24, to be honest. I wouldn't mind that. Joey Bella says, Fihoko, and, I, uh, you know, a lot of, of fans are high on Simi Fihoko, and I understand why. There are some traits there that you have to love, specifically 
size and speed and the fact that he can be that kind of red zone threat, maybe if he develops. But also, to be completely fair, you would have to, you know, you would have to acknowledge that a first round wide receiver is likely to do better right away than Simi Felco, right? Even a second round guy or a third round guy. And there are 18 wide receivers in Dane Brugler's rankings in the top 100. The second most loaded position in this year's class. Only after edge rusher. I do agree with Chris though. Uh, we need to get Tony Pollard more involved with the passing also. Not only that. I agree with Chris but I will. I see your take and I raise you another one. We need to see another player in the backfield more often than we did in 2021. But I'm not talking only about Tony Pollard. I'm talking about CeeDee Lamp as well. Give me some, give me some CeeDee Lamp snaps from the backfield and try to find some uh, Debo Samuel sort of matchups like the 49ers did uh, last year. Just think about how much that messes with a defensive structure. Even more so if you're willing to hand off the ball to CeeDee Lamb, which sounds risky, maybe. But you need to, if you put CeeDee Lamb on the, on the backfield as a running back, you need to bring a DB type to match up with him to the box. And if you're willing to hand off the ball to CeeDee Lamb, which is what the 49ers were doing with, with uh, Debo, and maybe you can do this with, with a Traylon Burks, for example, as well. That DB, back, that DB type is going to have to, to play the run in the box, and that is not favorable for the defense. So I'm all for that. Uh, Null, says, says Joey Bella. I was not going to talk about Null, though. Uh, take Moore at 24, says Kevin Knight. Sky Moore at 24? That seems high to me. That seems a little bit high. Like, if I like Sky Moore. I like him a lot. But I do not like him better than Chris Olave or, or Traylon Burks. Maybe not even better than... Uh, I, I need to think better of my rankings, maybe. But Olave and Burks, who are likely to be there, or, or likely might not be the word, but seems like very plausible picks, I would take them before Sky Moore. Sky Moore comes with some risks. I like Sky... But he does come with some risks. Let's see. Kellen Moore is the next Jason Garrett. Uh, Michael Lurie says, no need to draft a wide receiver if Dak does not have time to throw the ball. Hatch sack team offensive line. May I counterpoint? And point towards that 2021 meme of the Cincinnati Bengals in which they were trying to convince the Bengals to draft uh, Pene Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. We can think about that meme, though. And guard is a questionable value uh, position in terms of positional value, right? Guard is one of the last, when you look at what wins above replacement from PFF and all of that, guard is not usually that high. I'm Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think that guard is the most likely pick at 24. I don't know who, but I think that's the most likely outcome. And I would like it. 
But I'm also looking at the wide receivers. I would be lying if I said uh, otherwise. All right, so before we get out of here, guys, before we get out of here, let's review the weekend in sports. Um, just going to ask you, what was the best thing in sports this weekend? Because there was a lot going on, and I'm a huge sports fan, not only on the NFL. I wanted to open up this space before we get out of here. Uh, I know we get here to talk about Cowboys football, but what was the best thing in sports this weekend? We had a lot of things. Michael says Tyra Woods come back. Tyra Woods did come back, and he did uh, worse and worse as the Masters went on, but still mad respect for getting the 72 holes in. That was insane. Watching the Orioles get swept, says Toxic Tom down his burner account. Hey, the Orioles already got swept. That's crazy. I'm hoping that the Giants turn this thing around so we can say that they, they uh, swept the, the Red Sox. Roman, man, Roman, you're my, did we just become best friends? Mike Trout, home run. I was losing it. I'm a New York Yankees fan. However, every day I tune into the Angels game just to be on the lookout for Mike Trout's at-bats. I, I am a fierce believer that Mike Trout has a shot at becoming the GOAT when his career is all said and done. Uh, Lakers missing the playoffs, says Kevin Knight. We signed former Chicago running back Steven Jelling Super Bowl, says Lenatic. The fight in NASCAR, says Gregory. Oh, man, I missed that. I, I do not follow the uh, NASCAR, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Trout is a beast, says Barner. Dallas Young says, I'm a big Angels and Orioles fan. All right, so here are my two best things in sports of the weekend. UFC 273. If you guys like fighting, that second round between Kamsat Shimaev and Gilbert Bournes in the welterweight division, that second round was one of the very best fighting rounds that we've had in 2022 so far. And a legit fight of the year candidate in December. I'm guessing that we'll talk a lot about that fight all year long. Kamsat Chimaev, 100% for real. Dallas Young says that fight card was fire. I also loved that Aldermine Sterling kept the title. I think he has been so disrespected by the MMA community. So there you go. That's one. And number two, I know someone mentioned uh, Tyra Woods, but I got I to gotta point towards Rory McElroy's. Rory McElroy, excuse me, shot in the 18th hole in round four for Birdie. He finished round four of the Masters eight under par. And he went, I did the math. He went from ninth, in round three, he finished round three as the ninth, in the in ninth spot, tied with five other players. That would have earned him $375,000. But his eight under par round on Sunday made him jump all the way up to second place. And he ended up, instead of $375,000, he's taking home $1.6 million. Big day for Rory McIlroy. If McElroy was a fan of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime and he tuned in on Wednesday for the one cool thing, he would say, uh, you know, that Sunday round that I had on golf. Let's see. Michael says, Mo, are you doing a live during the NFL draft? We will have you covered. 
for the NFL Draft. Still working out on the details, but we will have you covered on the NFL Draft in three days here on ADC Sports Dallas. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, just know you're getting the reactions, of course. We're, we're, we're putting together something special. Don't have a lot of, of details for you right now. Just be on the lookout for that. And hey, I hope that you guys have a great start of the week. I know that Skywalker will be here tomorrow morning. And hey, at some point of the week, I might be joining him just like he did last Thursday night. And we had a, a very fun time together taking over as co-GMs of Dallas Cowboys. If you missed that show, I recommend you watch it. There's a signing that doesn't make sense anymore because he was signed by the Ravens. But you can just, in your mind, uh, change it up and think that we got Akeem Hicks instead, maybe. Thank you, everyone. Make sure you hit the like button. Share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, hit the like button. Please do us a favor. Every like allows us to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports Dallas community. Thank you to Williams, Gregory, Ryan, Michael, all of you, and the, the podcast audience. You can catch these shows on Spotify, iTunes, leave a five-star review. Shout out to them. See you guys tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central.